going to be looking at a verse in Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans chapter 7 and verse 6. Romans chapter 7 and verse 6. Where Paul writes, but now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Comes part way through, obviously what Paul is writing in this letter to people he's not yet met, people he hopes to visit soon, people living in Rome. And he's writing to them to explain his great passion for the Christian message, the gospel. He's not met them yet. He's setting out to them what he believes. And not just what he believes, but his sheer enthusiasm for this message. And what he's so clear about is this isn't just another faith. It's not just another belief system. But this is unique, and it's the uniqueness of it that makes him so passionate, so enthusiastic. And all the time he's contrasting it with what has gone before. And he's, he's trying to explain why this is so different, what makes this so special. And so he speaks here about this. Uh, he says, but now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that, he says, we serve in the new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. Or more literally, so that we serve in the newness of the Spirit, and not the oldness of the letter. He's talking about this new thing that God is doing that is so different from just words. Not the old, oldness of just words, but the newness of the Spirit. That, that's really the heart of it as far as Paul is concerned. He's saying this is different, and this is why he's enthusiastic. So he's contrasting how things used to be with how they are now. And he explains why. There's a bit of a misconception that faith in the God of the Bible is basically about trying to be good. If you believe in the God who we read about in this book, then it's about a lifestyle of being told to be good and then trying to be good. And the problem is, we all find it hard to be good. I think that's true for everyone here. If you, it's not true for you, you can come and tell me afterwards that you are very good, and then you're not because you're proud. So, yeah, we all find it hard to be good. None of us can quite achieve this, and we find that's what it's about. Basically, it's a big book saying, be good. That, because it's hard, then the whole thing becomes kind of unreal, a burden, just trying to be what you find it hard to be, it's restricting. There are things that uh, you know that it's not good to go that way or say that thing or do whatever, but it's kind of attractive and so trying to be good means saying no to things that other people seem to enjoy. It's joyless and ultimately threatening. Because the Bible also makes it clear that ultimately there's judgment for those who are not good. And so the whole thing, it's called good news, but it actually looks an awful lot like bad news. 
Some, of course, have gone to great lengths trying to be good. And you look back through history, you see people who have uh, maybe gone into a long time of depriving themselves of food, depriving themselves of sleep, depriving themselves of contact with other people, going sometimes to quite ridiculous lengths. There was one man who lived on a 40-foot pole for years just to try and be good. Others, I know of one, a, a previous Archbishop of Canterbury many years ago, who under his, the robes that an Archbishop would wear, he had a hair shirt that was crawling with lice. And he wanted all of that discomfort against his skin to try and be good. I mean, it's crazy the things people have tried to do in order to say no to what's enjoyable, because being good is thought of as being miserable. And so, as I say, good news? Well, it seems kind of bad news. And for most, then some kind of compromise has to be arrived at, where... We agree with some things and ignore other things. Where we'll accept some standards and say, well, I I will comply with that. I think I can do that, but that's too difficult. I'll ignore it. So we end up with a kind of compromise where God is made to fit into our lifestyle. And indeed, some people have developed that into a whole message. They say everyone has got a God-shaped hole in their life. And so God is made to fit into a God-shaped hole, which for many people can be rather small. And so life goes on as normal, but you're compromising, agreeing with some things, ignoring other things, and the whole thing is totally unsatisfactory and hardly a message to be passionate about. But Paul is enthusiastic about something here. He's passionate about something. He is not passionate about a God-shaped hole. And he's certainly not passionate about a God small enough to fit in that hole. He's talking about something big. He's talking about something that is life-changing. So going that route where it's just words, the oldness of just words, doesn't satisfy. And it can lead to a kind of cynicism, where you say, well, I tried it and it didn't work. Ultimately, there's no life in it at all. In fact, writing to another church, to the church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, Paul, the same man, says there that God has made us ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, in other words, not just words, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, the Spirit gives life. Saying the same thing here. We serve in the newness of the Spirit, not in the oldness of the letter, not in the oldness of just words. Now, why is he telling that he's writing to a church here? He's writing to Christians and he's saying that to them. And the fact is that all of us can either be in that situation or lapse back into it. Where the life kind of goes out, And it's just words and trying to be good. Trying to be good and getting a bit cynical about it. Now, Paul says it's not that, it's something else. What what makes the difference? Well, the, the verse we read begins with two little words, but now, he says, but now, by dying to what once bound us, we've been released from the law so that we serve 
in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the, of the letter. He says, but now. The word now, of course, refers to time, a moment in time. And he is saying something has happened that changes everything. Something has happened that changes it from being just words into something that is dynamic. Something has happened in history that changes things. And of course, he is talking about the coming of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who became a man and lived on earth. He's saying something has happened, and what has changed everything is the coming of Jesus. Jesus came, he lived, he taught, he did amazing things, and then he died a cruel death that Paul is explaining was no ordinary death. He died, the only perfect man who has ever lived, dying as a criminal. And what made him a criminal, as it were, was that he came to voluntarily identify with us, take our place, suffer what we deserve to suffer, because the Bible says that if you sin, you die. Jesus died, and he died in our place. Something has happened. But does that change everything? Well, yes and no. You see, you could come back to me and say, but that's just words. That's words about something that happened in history. That doesn't affect me now. It's still just words. Well, it would be. But for what happened next? Because, of course, what happened next, and this is the thing that Paul is particularly enthusing about in this letter, is that Jesus didn't stay dead. The third day, people went to his grave, and it was empty. Jesus rose again. And by rising again, he exploded all natural laws. You cannot just rise again, but he did. Everything that was thought possible is suddenly exploded because the impossible has happened. But again, you could say, yeah, but that's just words. We've got to believe some facts of history. Well, yes, if it were not for what happened next. Because what happened next was that this Jesus, a man who died, now alive again, his The fact he's alive again shows that God has accepted his death, accepted it as a sacrifice for us. God has raised him up. But then, he ascended to heaven and people saw him go up to heaven. And then, he poured out his spirit. Before he went back to heaven, he said to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He said, Stay where you are until that happens. If they hadn't stayed where they were, they would have gone out with just words. Just words. And people would say, yeah, well, you can believe it if you like. Some believe that, some believe other things. Some believe in this God, some believe in other gods. Just words. There are loads of words. All the way around the world, there are words being spoken. But this is different. Because Jesus, having gone back to heaven poured out his spirit, which meant that ordinary people can be filled with the spirit of that same Lord Jesus Christ. And from that moment, amazing things started happening. His resurrection has exploded natural law. And suddenly from now on, miracles start happening. People's lives get changed. Paul is a case in point. 
He had been angered by what he heard people saying about Jesus. He was angered because he was a devout Jew and people are saying that this carpenter from Nazareth was the Messiah that the whole nation was waiting for. He thought, I can't believe that. And then this Messiah, they're saying the Messiah was crucified. Well, how could the hope of Israel die in that terrible way? He thought, this is blasphemy. And he's determined he's going to wipe this out till he met with the risen Jesus and was filled with the spirit of the risen Jesus. And his life was powerfully transformed. Now he's passionate about this. It's not just words. There's something else. Paul says, but now. He's excited. Something has changed. A famous preacher that those who are regularly here will have heard me refer to more than once. A famous preacher of the mid-20th century, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, commenting on this, preaching on this, uh, getting quite uh, passionate about this verse. He said, there are no more exciting words than these two words, but now. And he said, he said, he challenged his congregation as he was preaching. He said, if you are not excited by those two words, I doubt that you're a Christian. So please try and look excited. (laughs) But now. (laughs) Ah, that's good, that's good. (laughs) Something has changed, Paul is saying, to take us out of just religion into something life-changing, where it's not just words out there, but power in here. So that we're changed from the inside out instead of trying to be good. It doesn't work because we don't like being good. But this is different. It's not just words and standards. It's now truth that is experienced. It's still words, but words that now we experience, we're not just trying to live up to. Totally, totally different. It's words plus Words plus the power of God. That's what makes this message, this Christian message unique. So Paul says it's not the oldness of just words, of of the letter. It's the newness of the Spirit. When we encounter Jesus, everything actually does become new. Indeed, It's expressed quite graphically in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, where the scripture says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. People spend a lot of money trying to transform their lives, trying to transform their appearance, trying to transform everything, transform their home, everything. A whole new lifestyle is very desirable. Here it says, If anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God. God makes us new. Jesus said, you need to be born again, becoming new. All eight who have been baptized before our eyes this morning, are okay, they're young, but they're also brand new. They're talking, they're demonstrating something has changed so that a new life has started. Mark explained, under the water, a life has ended, burial. Up out of the water, a new life has started. They're in Christ. A new creation. The old life of just trying to be good, 
rebelling against God, compromising, all of that stuff. Yes, even in a child, because children don't find it easy to be good. (laughs) It's a struggle for all of us. But that life is ended, and as they come out of the water, a new life beckons. A whole new life, because they're in Christ. And Christ, by his Spirit, in them. No longer just trying to be good. But God now working in us so that we actually want to do and can do what he wants us to do. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, brings us into a whole new dimension. I've said the resurrection of Jesus explodes our concept of what's possible. Natural law is suddenly blown to the winds because a man died Buried three days in the tomb and then coming alive to live forever. That's power. And this Jesus in us makes power available. And so you read the, the story in the book of Acts. After the Holy Spirit came, you start seeing things they did. Peter and John are just going up to the temple as they normally did. There's a man there who's never walked in his life. It doesn't label his condition. Many of the modern names for conditions hadn't been thought of then. So it just says he had never walked. Lame from birth. He's begging. That's the only way he can survive. Peter and John, it seems on the spur of the moment, say we haven't got any money, but what we've got, we give you in the name of Jesus, walk. And he does. Power. The spirit of Jesus in people makes power available. The story goes on. Time and again, amazing things happen. The oldness of just words, none of that's possible. Just wishful thinking. Well, that'd be nice if. Wouldn't it be great if? But that's wishful thinking. But it's not the oldness of just words. Trying to believe words. Screwing up enough to believe. No, it's not that. It's the newness of the Spirit. Because something has happened in history. Jesus died, rose again, ascended, poured out his Spirit on his people so that he is in his people. And you think what Jesus did as a man, well, he's now in his people. We've got to believe it. Gotta believe it. It's not the old, it's the newness of the Spirit. A new dimension and a new dynamic. That is not wishful thinking, it is reality. Jesus said, You will receive power. Life then becomes essentially supernatural. That's why this is unique. There are lots of faith systems around. There are lots of belief systems around. This is not just one of them. This stands alone because this is about the supernatural, about a God who created the world just by speaking it into existence. That God in ordinary people so that extraordinary things happen. That's reality. The newness of the Spirit. And so Paul, in the next chapter, and we're not going to look at that now, we'll look at that maybe in subsequent weeks. If you want to come back, that would be great for visitors here to be here week by week. We're going to follow this through. But in chapter 8, Paul goes on to speak about what it means to have this newness of the Spirit. And he says, for example, uh, in verses 4 
uh, verse 4, he speaks of those who live, who don't live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. And what does he say about them? The righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. All those standards that God wants that we can't achieve, suddenly there's power in us so that we can do it. We don't live now in in all the limitations of our rebellious nature, human nature, but living according to the Spirit. He goes on to speak about Christ living in you. He says, when we pray, he said, we, we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit helps us in that weakness. He teaches us how to pray. The Spirit changes everything, and we live, we serve now in the newness of the Spirit. Life essentially supernatural. God at work in his people, not just God at work telling his people. Not just words, but receiving God in us so that things change. A new relationship with God. A new intimacy with God. It's been spoken about in some of the words that have been brought this morning. A Savior who is living, active, A relationship that is vital and vibrant, as living, vital and vibrant as we want it to be. And there was that word that was given about, uh, you can either, if you're thirsty, have a small glass or a large glass. Really, as much as you want. As vibrant as you want this relationship to be. The newness of the Spirit. Because one of the invitations is, is anyone thirsty, Jesus said? Let them come to me and drink. That's this newness. It's not trying to be good enough for God. It's God's available to me. God's living in me. And it is a whole new dimension. A whole new dynamic. Is that how you understand The Christian message. Because that is how the Christian message is. We can lapse back into the oldness. Just words. Just words. Or we can say, but now something has changed. And we're not in just words anymore. Now we're in something new, something very fresh. The newness of the Spirit. The Spirit brings life Life that is ongoing, life that develops, life that continually refreshes us. There's always more. And there's more this morning. There's more for anyone who thinks, I need to be refreshed. I've been drifting back into just words, trying to be good, trying to serve God. I've got a bit cynical, I've got a bit cold. No, God says there's more. We serve in the newness of the Spirit, not the oldness of just words. There's always more. God's Spirit brings miracles. God present to bless. Miracles can happen in all kinds of ways. We can pray for people and they're healed as we pray for them. Or sometimes God just heals people without anyone praying. I was hearing a story, some of us heard it this week, of a guy who was uh, at the, the camp we were at at the end of August, North, uh, North 2010. Um, someone was sp- speaking about miracles. This guy was in such pain with his back that he wasn't listening 
He just really wanted to get out of there because it was painful sitting down uh, and the whole thing was too much for him. He was not really aware of what was happening. People he thought were being prayed for, but he just wanted to get out. And he got up to go and he was going to go to someone just to speak to them. As he went to them, he suddenly realized he was walking and he was walking normally. And he was healed. And he is healed. And all these weeks later, totally healed. And he thought, it's amazing. He, he, there was no faith. He wasn't listening. He didn't listen to the message. He, but God just healed him. That, a whole new dimension. God's power at work. As I've been preparing this this week, I thought there's... This is, this is true, and what I'm saying is true, but what I realize is, in even talking about this, we've got to see the truth of it. Because if we don't see the truth of it, what have we got this morning? Just words. And what I'm saying is, it is not just words. It's not the oldness of just words. It's the newness of the Spirit. God's Spirit brings life. God's Spirit brings power. God's Spirit brings signs and wonders. God present to bless. So we gladly serve God. That's this message. It's not just trying to be good. It's not trying to be anything. It's God's life at work in us. Now, Paul is telling that to people because, as I've said, it's easy to drift from it. It's easy to slip back into the old thing. No, Paul says it's not that. It's something fresh, something new. And that's what it's about this morning. People testifying to new life. And all of us witnessing that, but there's newness for everyone within these four walls this morning. Because God is here. God is here. And God is here to do what he loves to do. He loves to meet people right where they are. He loves that people should believe in him and come out of unbelief into faith in the risen Lord Jesus Christ to experience personally this dynamic. Not just words, but power. Power that that blesses, that changes, that makes things possible that were not possible before. He loves to do that. He loves to refresh Christians who have just got jaded and cynical and drifted. He loves to come and fill you again. He says, how big a glass do you want filled? He loves to heal people. People who thought, I've just lived with this long enough and I I don't think there's any change possible and God just loves to surprise, loves to do things that you thought, that couldn't happen, but it has just happened. God loves to do that. It is not just words, not the oldness of words, but the newness of the Spirit. Seen a lot of young people baptized this morning. But you know, the issue is not how old you are. Actually, the issue is how new are you? Not the oldness of just words, but the newness of the Spirit. How new are you? Are you living in that? Do you know what it's about? Because this God who loves to do those things is here this morning to meet with people, and I believe he's going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to ask the band to come up, and we'll sing another song. And after that, we're going to see what God wants to do, because he is here to do new things, not just words, but the power of his spirit. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, I want to thank you 